0: Welcome back to the superhero soundtrack show I'm your host Alex Robson and for this episode we are going to continue reviewing the soundtrack for 1989's Batman directed by Tim Burton and music composed by Danny Elfman On the last episode, we took an extensive look at the Batman theme and broke it down into two parts and discovered all its variations that Elfman used in the film. We listened to interviews with Danny Elfman and heard about his experiences and challenges writing the score for this film. We also discovered the influences behind the Batman theme, mainly comparing it to composer Bernard Herrmann and concluded that the Batman theme sounded more like a dark and ominous villain's theme rather than your upbeat traditional superhero theme. For this episode, I want to start by taking a look at the many various Joker themes composed for this film, each one of them embodying a different type of emotion, and as unpredictable and as strange as the character himself. But first, it's worth noting that Jack Nicholson as the Joker is beyond perfect casting. His performance in this film is, in my opinion, the best on-screen version of the Joker we have ever seen. Whenever he's on screen, you don't know if he's going to hug you or if he's going to kill you, which is the unpredictable nature of the Joker in the first place. The many suits he wears demonstrates that he's a showman and has a taste for the theatrics. His evil smile and laugh, the fun that Nicholson had playing this character, it's just pitch perfect. And it's the only live-action version of this character that actually falls into a vat of chemicals and becomes a bleach skin maniac. Even Batman co-creator Bob Kane thought Nicholson was the perfect choice.
1: When I heard about them doing the movie uh, again at at Pinewood, uh, the only actor I could think of was Jack Nicholson. He is the Joker, he's not the opposite. It always brings a smile to my face. Terrorises. Terrorises.
0: get a load of me. So let's take a look at the first theme for the Joker, which takes place in the scene where the supervillain is first created. In this scene, we see Jack Napier clutching onto Batman's hand for his life as he hangs over a ledge above a vat of green chemical waste in the access chemicals plant. His grip slips, and as fear comes over his face, he loses his grip and plummets into the vat of chemicals below. Listen to the music Elfman plays right before the drop. The strings hold that note and they keep that tension, intensifying the inevitable fate that awakes Jack Napier. And then right as he loses his grip and falls, Elfman accompanies the fall with a music cue that sounds like it's descending down with the character. then brings the same musical cue back at the end of the film when joker falls to his death spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen it the scene involves joker hanging from a helicopter ladder high above the streets of gotham whilst his leg is attached to a stone gargoyle from one of batman's grappling hooks as joker looks down and realizes there's no escape the same face of fear comes over him as before when he was in the access chemicals plant I know it's deliberate poetic justice for the character as the fool that created the villain in the first act is the fool that kills the villain in the third act but Elfman doesn't shy away from this irony and plays the same musical cue. Also, remember how I said in the last episode that the B theme or the March theme of the Batman title track is played during moments of triumph? Listen in for that musical cue as well when Batman fires his grappling hook around Joker's leg. The next theme for the Joker is during his plastic surgery after he escapes the Access Chemicals plant. We find his face wrapped in bandages inside the run-down creepy basement of an unlicensed surgeon. What Elfman delivers here is a series of sporadic and creepy melodies, driven mostly by the keys and the strings of the orchestra. Also, listen for the same unsettling note that the strings hold to keep that tension. This particular portion of the Joker's theme also reminds me of another Bernard Herrmann score. We compared the Batman theme to Herrmann last episode, but he also plays as an obvious inspiration for the Joker as well. This Herrmann score is just as unsettling as the Joker score, and relies heavily on the strings as well. I'm talking, of course, about Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. The same uneasy sporadic and creepy feel as the joker surgery scene comes through there and what a great choice by elfman if this was intentional as the joker is he's a psycho he's just as crazy as norman bates and has a taste with theatrics as well he likes to dress up so does norman bates but one wants to be his mum, and one wants to be an evil clown so a little different but it's amazing how much elfman's batman score relates to film scores composed by bernard herman Elvin has mentioned several times in interviews that Herman was a big influence on his music, and Batman is one of those clear examples. The next Joker theme I wanted to review is the scene where Joker rounds up all the mobsters of Gotham and claims his crime territory over Gotham City. It's during this scene he electrocutes and fries one of the gangsters to death with a hidden hand buzzer and laughs whilst he does it. Once the room is cleared, Joker is alone in the room with the still-smoking corpse and has a conversation with the recently deceased. And on a side note, I have to point out, this film receives a lot of hate from comic book fans for not being faithful to the characters. And as much as I agree that changing things like Batman killing people or Joker being the man that gunned down Bruce Wayne's parents, it's not faithful to the comics, I know. But this scene is a great example of a true Joker scene. Think about it. Joker takes control of the crime in Gotham, kills one of the gangsters who threatens him with a hand buzzer, laughing and, and just having pure joy whilst he does it, and then has the conversation with a dead guy. That's crazy, and that's the Joker. What Elfman plays during this scene is extremely unsettling, it's chaotic, which is what the music is trying to reflect. There's a particular noise that Elfman creates. It's almost sounds like someone sharpening a, a knife or a razor wire or nails on a chalkboard. It's this high-pitched screech that appears again and again in the film when Joker is on screen. And this is when it's first used for the character. you hear that high-pitched noise? It's uncomfortable, isn't it? Elfman uses that music cue again when we find Joker sitting in his hideout, cutting out pictures of people smiling as they lay dead in various situations. (laughs) What you're about to hear now in the same scene is a very creepy melody that's almost reminiscent of a lullaby. It's melodic and calming, but there's still an underlining tone that makes you feel like something is off. It's unsettling.
1: Who's that loss? It's Knox. Bad tie. No style.
0: Stop the press. Who is that? Now I'm going to quickly pause it right there as Elfman is about to introduce the love theme for the Joker and Vicky Vale. After Joker is presented with a picture of Vicky Vale by his number one guy Bob, the melody changes. The theme Elfman selects here is a song that has existed since 1864 and has been used by countless artists since see if you can spot what it is
1: that's Vicky Vale she's the photographer who's working with Knox that girl has style Jesus Marimba a lovely beast like that running around could put steam in a man's strides she's dating some guy named Wayne she's about to trade up to stay inside the lines. <laughs> <sighs> I'm about to get a new girl, Bobby. I'm of a mind to make some mookie. <laughs> <laughs> Phone book? Yes, sir. So much to do. and so little time.
0: Do you recognize it? If not, let me play another scene it's used in when Joker pays a visit to Vicky's apartment and it plays from a boombox being held by one of his henchmen. This is another example of diegetic sound used in this film, which once again I will get to explaining and reviewing in part three of this review. But for now, let's listen to this scene. Miss me?
1: Nice place you've got here. Lots of space. Uh, Vicky, we really should have a talk. Very upset. We were having dinner. I was a man doing well with a beautiful woman, and without so much as an apology, you ran off with that sideshow phony. You know, Vic, I've recently had a tragedy in my life. Alicia threw herself out of the window. Oh my God. But you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. <laughs> Another rooster in the hen house <laughs> Take thy beak from out my heart Bruce
0: Bruce Wayne, nest pas? Recognise it now? No? Alright I'll play it one more final time. We hear it again when the police find Joker's dead body after he's fallen from the rooftops of the cathedral. Yes, spoilers, as I said, Joker dies in this film. As the police examine the Joker's still laughing dead body and discover a recorded laugh-on-loop coming from a radio inside his pocket, we hear the theme once more, played like a lullaby. Okay, if you don't know it by now, I'll tell you. Elfman uses the track Beautiful Dreamer, originally written by Stephen Foster in 1864, but made most famous by Bing Crosby in 1940.
1: Beautiful dreamer, wake unto me. Starlight and dewdrops are waiting for thee. Sounds of the rude world, heard in the day, lulled by the moonlight,
0: have all The song's meaning has been quoted as being a lover serenading a beautiful dreamer who is oblivious to worldly cares and may actually be dead. So, a fitting melody for a man who fell into a vat of chemicals and after a botched plastic surgery came out reborn as a new man with no worldly cares and considers his past self to be dead. After all, Jack even sums this up himself when confronting his old boss, Carl Grissom, and telling him that Jack Napier is dead, my friend. Don't bother. Dark and creepy Bernard Homan's psycho like score is played again there, but what follows next is something completely unexpected. <clears throat> Introduces us to a waltz for the Joker, a complete change in tone from the erratic and unnerving strings we've been hearing so far. It's a loud, bombastic, and operatic piece of music that is reminiscent of Johann Strauss's The Blue Danube Waltz. similar in structure and just as bouncy. Why the waltz for the Joker? Why not? Even Elfin doesn't really have a reason for it. <laughs>
1: Waltz that I got to write for him during this crazy sequence. That was really fun. Why his kind of weird, twisted waltz? I don't know. I mean, I always love writing the villains' music. And that moment, you know, that kind of foolishness, now I've shot him, I think I'll shoot him again. I think I'll do it. You know, I mean,
0: I'll always love that moment in that picture. The next and final time we hear this waltz, it's atop the cathedral rooftop and is fully realised as the Joker dances with Vicky Vale. Batman fights off Joker's henchmen as the clown prince of crime literally waltzes to the waltz. This scene is particularly impacted by the music, as before we've seen Batman fight off the Joker's henchmen to the march and that driving theme and the action is intense. Whilst here, it's almost parodied by the uplifting waltz and completely changes the entire tone of the scene. It can be true, I have a bat in my belt.
1: <laughs> Shall we dance? you, I just...
0: So that about covers the Joker's various themes for this film. But he isn't the only character that shares a love theme with Vicki Vale. Bruce Wayne and Vicky Vale also have their own love theme, which sounds like this... is a beautiful piece of music and evokes a feeling of forbidden romance or tragedy but how didn't elfman come up with this theme what inspired him well remember how i said last episode that bernard herman was a big influence on danny elfman and we've already heard herman's influence possibly with the joker and psycho well this piece of music is not only influenced by herman it's actually directly copied let's have a listen to the love theme for alfred hitchcock's vertigo composed by Herman heard that, right? It's the same song. I'm going to play that again and follow it quickly with the love theme from Batman. See if you can spot which one is which. amazing elfman pays tribute to one of his favorite composers and plays the same exact love theme from vertigo in batman and it works the first time we hear this theme is the scene where bruce and vicky are in the kitchen of wayne manor being hailed by childhood stories of young bruce by his faithful butler alfred pennyworth Is subtly played there as the feelings between Bruce and Vicky start to blossom. The next time we hear it is when Vicky secretly follows Bruce from Wayne Manor to an alleyway in Gotham, where she watches him lay down a bouquet of flowers in the spot where his parents were murdered. As Vicky is suspect of Bruce and the mystery that surrounds him, the love theme is played along with a suspicious film noir type score. The type of sound you would hear when the private investigator is tracking the person of interest from the shadows. As I reviewed in the last episode, listen out for the integrated part A of the Batman theme as Bruce enters the alleyway and lays the flowers on the spot where his life changed forever and he then started the journey to becoming Batman. (laughs) Hoffman plays the love theme again when Vicky is taken and introduced to the Batcave. This time, however, the love theme is played in a very creepy way and is no longer the warm feeling that Vicky feels for Bruce. The orchestra slows it down and changes the tone. It's darker now and the music almost sounds like the dripping of water off of the cave rocks as Vicky Vale explores Batman's underground lair. As I mentioned last episode, this is the type of score you would hear for the villain of the movie. It's dark and it's creepy and it puts you on edge. If I hadn't seen the film and you would have told me that this was the score for the Joker, I would have believed you, which is just an excellent choice by Elfman to consistently keep the darkness and the tragedy that surrounds the character Batman. Finally, we hear the love theme played again during the final scene of the film as Vicky Vale gets into a car with Alfred and is told that Mr. Wayne might be a little late. She looks up at the bat signal and we hear the Batman theme woven into and intertwined with their love theme, as Vicky realises then that she's going to have to share Bruce with his alter ego and he's never going to stop being Batman. This concludes part two of my Batman soundtrack review. On the next episode, I explore the theme tune for the Batmobile, the many scores for Gotham City, and the Prince tracks used in this film. I hope you enjoyed this review, and please subscribe and rate this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to me on right now, as it really is a big help and sincerely appreciated. You can contact me on Facebook at Superhero Soundtrack Show. Or write me at superherosoundtrack at gmail.com. I will answer every message as I want to hear from you and what this score meant to you and your memories of it growing up. I also would love to receive your feedback on the podcast and any requests you might have for future episodes. And if listening to me on here is not enough, I also co-host two other podcasts with my brother. The first being Spider-Man, the animated series podcast, where we review episodes of the 90s cartoon series, interview voice actors from the show, creators of the show, plus lots more. And the second podcast is called Casting Call, where we recast popular movies and interpret what they would look like in the modern day. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, I've been Alex Robson, and this has been The Superhero Soundtrack Show.